0: Welcome to Continued Conversations, where we explore hot topics in rehabilitation, the keys to personal growth, and how to apply it all to the real world. Hey, thanks for joining the conversation. Uh, I've got Stephen Claire in the studio uh, with me today, and uh, hey, just to kind of get us going, guys, um, baseball season, I guess, is you know maybe like a month or two, you know, down the road here, maybe less than that when this actually launches. Um, so what's your favorite kind of sunflower seed
1: <laughs> before let's maybe give some context. So we're going to, we're going to be talking about foreshadowing uh-huh. yeah. Uh, and a fancy term that, that I believe is pretty similar to that. And that's psychological inoculations, but really where we're going with the seeds is, um, uh, you know, a, a concept that, um, I think about in the same, uh, vein of, of foreshadowing is planting seeds and the value of planting seeds. So, so so that's the good layout. Not yes. not only baseball season, but it, it is relevant to, to our topic today. But to get back to the topic, Claire, I think you were able to share a little bit about uh, uh, pumpkin seeds that are called what?
2: Well, pumpkin seeds have like a formal name. If you didn't know that. They're no, called, I did not know that. They're called papitas, which I'm looking at the pronunciation on Google. I think I'm saying that right. So
0: it sounds like something you could get at a Mexican restaurant.
2: <laughs> yes, doesn't it? It does. It does. Should I look at where you um it doesn't yeah, it doesn't sound like a seed. So Where
0: you get them, is that what you're saying? Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, probably.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I get I I like them. Um and get mine at Trader Joe's. Are they flavored? No. I think they're just like just straight roasted. But
1: you are talking about the the more yeah. uh, layman's term, the the pumpkin seed. You eat pumpkin seeds?
2: Yeah. Well, a pepita is a pumpkin seed. They're the same thing. But yeah, I do. I like them. Huh. Roasted, not just like, obviously, if you like carve pumpkin sure. and you take everything out, roast you have to like clean them and salt them and roast them.
0: Yeah.
1: Man, I'm all in on sunflower seeds. What kind? Ooh. Uh, you know, the brand, I'm a, a traditionalist. David Sunflower Seeds mm. has lots of competition these days. Bigs is another brand, uh, but I'm I'm all in on David. And while I will eat salted, I prefer barbecue and you will have a hard time convincing me otherwise
0: ranch i've got to go ranch
1: Mm. yeah ranch is pretty strong just the flavor of the ranch is like i can't get on board with it my second would be um uh, the cracked pepper Mm -hmm. it's it's somewhat similar to the barbecue uh it's just got a little bit of the spice and they're not too salty uh, because i think that's my issue with traditional sunflower seeds
0: is the amount of salt i remember um like in little league when i first started playing baseball saw people spitting sunflower seeds i didn't really know what they were doing so i just like put a handful into my mouth chewed on all of them and then like spit yep. everything out mm-hmm. that would be like eating a pumpkin seed yeah.
2: and just like that <laughs> your taste buds are completely gone if it, they're salty enough uh, yeah
0: very true yeah and like eats away at the lining in your cheeks and yeah yeah, yeah. No bueno. all my, of that
2: my favorite is definitely the dill pickle while i don't oh, ever eat man sunflower seeds. I like dill flavored anything. I just think that they're doing a little too much with sunflower seeds and their flavors. We recently, my boyfriend and I went on a road trip and he got like Taco Bell flavored sunflower seeds.
1: Those are pretty good actually.
2: Pretty ridiculous.
0: (laughs) If there's too many options, I get a little overwhelmed with it. So just ranch.
2: Let's just keep it simple.
0: And Steve, was your old man like, I can't stand
1: dill? Oh, dill, sunflower seeds. I just like can't wrap my head around it. There are people who love them. I am not in that camp either.
0: All right. That's enough sunflowers here to talk. <laughs> um, Steve, take us back to the topic though. I mean, what, what have you been thinking about? Why are you thinking about this? And and let's chat about it.
1: Sure. Well, you know, we talk a lot about change um, around the office and that's in the context of our own lives, in the context of, you know, other team members in the context of the, the residents that we work with and the families that we work with. And, uh, there's a lot of concepts that you can talk about, but the more that I have thought about it, uh, I think there's you know back to how we kick things off. There's a lot of value in in foreshadowing what's to come, and uh, you know you, there's an argument that planting seeds um, is is similar to that, uh, but I think planting seeds uh, is is a, a nuanced concept that I often use uh, to either exclusively. Um, you know, outside of foreshadowing or foreshadowing, or to at least support something that I'm foreshadowing. So, um, I know that we had some some pre conversation, and and we don't want to get too technical with this, but um, I'll I'll try to talk about why I use each one of them, and then I think it'd be great for us just to to play around. So, with so
0: that. when you say that you're going to like kind of define what is planting seeds and what is foreshadowing, right?
1: Yes, keeping in mind that I don't have the Webster's de- definition. So, for <laughs> any of our listeners. Uh, feel free to, you know, if there are listeners, uh, feel free to comment if that's even possible. And that would be like our first comment ever. Yeah, No kidding. We might as well just open it up for this is the discussion.
0: This is the Kershke dictionary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So foreshadowing, what I think about uh, for foreshadowing is, you know, if I'm speaking with Claire about something and I want to give her a heads up of something to come. uh, So, hey, you know, based on uh, this discussion, you know, in a couple of weeks, this is something you might uh, uh, experience during that time. And, and I, I like to use this, especially for things that could be abrupt or that could create some sort of uh, emotion or be challenging to adjust to. And so, you know, the, a more um, technical term, the psychological inoculation term is a psychology term that our old CEO used to use. and And we do that to just prepare people for change, And allow them to start to uh, even adjust before the change actually happens. And so when I think of planting seeds, while there are some similarities, planting seeds to me is uh, something to to get someone to start thinking about a certain concept um, and to form an opinion about it. And uh, in doing that, I, I think we can have deeper discussion. Uh, and, and, and I think I use this sometimes to get someone from point A to point B uh, and allow them some control with that. And so it might even uh, be like, hey, you know, last week we talked about a, a particular topic. What do you think about that? And tell me, what, tell me what you have thought about and what's been good about it. And maybe what have you struggled, struggled wrapping your head around? so that's very contextual how i might use that but i think there's uh some nice differences with that
2: yeah i guess in thinking about that what what do you feel like is what do you run what risk do you run by not foreshadowing or by not psychologically <clears throat> inoculating
1: you know i i think when i see it uh when i see us miss that opportunity i i feel like people are are a bit surprised by certain occurrences in their life. Uh, I feel like they don't adjust to change as quickly uh, or it it's just a, a more harsh adjustment. And so in particular with foreshadowing, um, I think it just softens what's to come. And, and a lot of times it inadvertently also plants a seed of like, man, I didn't even think that that was going to be coming or happening. And so I think of it, you know, I think we're talking abstractly about this right now. So I'll try to give, mm-hmm. um, you know, try to give an example. I was at a student, uh, uh, my, my oldest, well, both of my kids had student uh, teacher conferences last night. And my oldest one is in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Charlie will be going to middle school next year. And one of the, a couple of the topics that we were talking about were, you know, hey, here's what's different about, uh, you know, where you're at today and what it looks like in middle school. And so one example is organizationally, his organizational, um, you know, uh, strategy right now is his desk. And so the teacher said, hey, just a heads up, one thing you might want to start practicing is your organizational system when you get to school is your backpack. And so let's start to think about how we start to get organized for that. So that what that immediately does is foreshadows for Charlie what's to come. And then it starts to plant a seed around what do I need to do differently now? to start to prepare for that. So that's just one example. Another example that we used uh you know I had asked the question around one of his grades in science. And I said gosh are we are we concerned about this this grade it was a little bit lower than some of the other ones. And the teacher said no not concerned but one thing to think about and a good skill to start thinking about is if you're unsure about a grade how do you go to the teacher and talk to them about that? Because that'll be a really great skill for you as you grow older. And so um, again, foreshadowing, like this is a skill you're going to need in the future. So think about that. And then starting to plant the seed about, hey, you know, what could we do today in order to start moving that skill forward? And so that I think is the, is the subtle difference between that. It tells them what's coming, but it starts to get them thinking in the context of what it looks like today. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you do that, when you don't do that, though, in this context, Charlie could potentially get to fifth grade or excuse me, sixth grade. And if we didn't talk about that today, he's going to be totally surprised. And that first, you know, six months of, of uh, you know, fifth gr- or sixth grade could be really challenging for him versus we could soften that right now and and get him prepared for that so we can ease into it a little bit more.
0: So again, th- this is probably a little abstract, right? But um, I'm just, I'm trying to completely understand uh, or get into your head and how you're thinking about this too. But like foreshadowing is, is like, hey, this is the vision that we're casting Mm -hmm. right or this is the situation we're anticipating Mm -hmm. right and then planting the seed you're saying is how are we kind of planting seeds along the way to move them toward that vision or move them toward that event that Mm -hmm. might be happening is that fair
1: yeah i think so so just to maybe reflect on another podcast that we just recently did you and i brad uh with uh tim feeney Tim Feeney uses the word nudging. Mm. And I think um, planting a seed is often a little bit of a nudge around, hey, I want you to think about this. Be clear on how you feel about it today. Gather some of your own thoughts and think about what you might do in order to move the ball down the field. Or and, and in doing that and creating some of that thought process, I've just nudged you to start moving forward and doing something maybe a bit differently, but I haven't actually told you what to do. And I think that's a really key concept around planting seeds, is that we give the person some control around, are you going to do anything? And if so, what are you going to do? And you're going to do it based on your choice. And I might guide you and, and continue to nudge you in a certain direction. But as a result, it feels like uh, I'm facilitating rather than you know dictating what you do. And I think uh, when it comes to adopting change, that's a, a, a really big piece.
0: And you, you feel like, I mean, this is a good strategy because fill in the blank.
1: No. Well, I mean, I think it really goes back to um, helping people be successful.
0: Why is this better than just telling them what to do?
1: Well, I mean, that's a, that's a whole nother whole nother concept. But I mean, I think, think about when someone tells you what to do, (laughs) right? Like uh, unless you agree with them or unless you uh, don't have a choice, usually there's this feeling of like, I don't want to really want to be told what to do at all. Um, people like this sense of control. And so I think it's a it's a softer way to, to get people to do what you want them to do or what might be helpful to them while also giving them some control over the process.
0: And, and the reason I ask that is because I, I think um, sometimes we're, I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking about this as a parent, I'm thinking about this maybe as a, as a friend or as a colleague, I'm thinking about this as a, as a clinician, even like putting those different hats on, like can maybe be too quick to give the answer Mm -hmm. at times rather than helping someone get to the conclusion on their own, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of supporting their path or journey a little bit more. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think it's interesting to think about this in regard to like relationships. Sure. So whether they be romantic relationships or friendships um or even family members. I think this this idea is a much more generous starting point to finding some resolutions. So some, yeah. some people are mental processors, some people are verbal processors and giving both people that space to be able to process something prior to having a conversation, kind of planting that seed but not expecting right in that moment that they need to have all the answers mm-hmm. and that could also save us from probably some arguments as well.
1: But I think it also takes some patience right and some and some foresight to say, mm-hmm. hey I need to I, I'd like to have a conversation in two weeks with my brother or sister about this particular topic. I'm thinking about that today and what do I need to do today to start to set that conversation up so that that person is ready for it? Uh, or that they at least have like formed their own opinions on it because sometimes um, people haven't really thought that deeply about a a certain topic. um, And until we give them at least a a cue of like, Hey, I'd like to talk about this, right? Like that can create um, some defensiveness, some just lack of clarity and, and it doesn't set anyone up for success. And I think it's a, it's almost like an empathetic approach to, How do you deal with um, other individuals on a more personal basis?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think empathy is a huge, a huge part in that. Um, Something that's kind of wild that I've been thinking about while we're talking about this is where do we think all these like sayings came from? Like, we'll cross that bridge when we get there and ignorance is bliss or like it is what it is because I feel like those are things that like play in my head all the time or that I hear We've probably heard while growing up or our parents have said it to us, but that is really not a way to be successful. Like <laughs> is ignorance really bliss? And like, why has that shaped, like, why is that even a thing?
1: I don't know the answer. I feel like I'm I'm talking a lot, but I'll think the first thing that pops to my mind is maybe the alternative of mindfulness because a big piece of mindfulness and like stoicism, if you're really into stoicism, is this idea that worrying about the future is not all that healthy. And the reality is many of our worries don't actually come true. And so this, uh, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, I think is this idea that, gosh, we don't even know what we're going to face, you know, a week from now or even tomorrow. And instead of worrying about it, let's worry about what we have right now. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's an alternative and and almost like, sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Um, But I think that there's a balance for everything. Uh, You know, I have a good friend, um, who talks about this idea of tension. We, we all live in this sense of tension and if we're way too far uh, on one side or the other, it creates an imbalance. And then, so I think there is this idea of tension between how do you be prepared for what's to come to the future and understand what the possibilities are without taking it way too far and being worried about it and have a high sense of anxiety, Mm -hmm. right? And, and finding that balance, takes practice and it, it, you know, takes, uh, some experience and, and, you know, learning around that. And I think it's a really interesting topic, but I think really good thought. I, I hadn't thought about it in this context.
0: I, I want to keep talking about that, but I'm like <laughs> trying to refrain from, um, from doing so I'm kind of Steve, you, you talked about an example just from your personal life, uh, with your kids, I'm wondering if, and Claire, you were talking kind of about relationships using the planting of seeds and foreshadowing. Uh, also personal, I wonder, like, can you, Steve, can you speak from a standpoint of like, maybe working with a, a colleague or even as a as a supervisor, right, within yeah. the workplace, What, what is, how does this kind of pan out within that environment?
1: Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of a good example right off the top of my head. Um, You know, maybe so I don't think I don't think Kelsey will mind if I talk about her, um, because I'm gonna do some PR for a while we do it but Kelsey is one of our newer team members. And I've been so impressed with her in terms of just being open and willing to learn. Um, She acknowledges that she has um, maybe not as much experience as other individuals in our on our team, just given, you know, um, her just recent graduation um and so i feel like i spend a lot of time with her foreshadowing and planting seeds right um and it's in the context of hey you might be you're going to have some hard conversations um you know at various points in your career and they're going to be with families and they're going to be with um the the folks that we work with and they're going to be with case managers you just know that you just need to know that those are going to be hard conversations and those are things we have to be prepared for right so that is foreshadowing this is going to happen you should be prepared for that. Um, but it's then planting the seed about, hey, uh, what do we need to do today to start preparing you for that? And what are some strategies around that? And starting to like help guide her and, and acknowledge like, oh, I could easily do this today that is a little outside of my comfort zone. But then will prepare me for a hard conversation in the future, and so you know that's just one example of of someone who is very open to that needs a little bit of a nudge because she doesn't always know what she doesn't know. Or I've been through that scenario, you know, fifty times, and I can kind of say, "Here's been my experience. Like, here's what's worked for me."
0: So, um, th- this you know coming back to what we were talking about earlier, like the easy thing to do is just to like give the answer a lot of mm-hmm. the time, right? But that there's no like, there's no opportunity to learn for someone else or to to Mm -hmm. kind of go at their own pace and, and learning, um, you know, again, this is abstract, but, um, I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, it's a skill. It's hard. It's hard. It takes effort to do something like that, whether you're parenting or like in a supervisory role or relationships or, um, uh, you know, so on and so forth clinically, like, how do you, how do you build that skill?
1: I think it's like anything else. You have to just understand the concept for one, right? And even as we're talking about this today, I think there's probably some good discussion about what really are the differences and similarities because it is a fine line, even as I'm talking about planting seeds versus foreshadowing. I mean, a lot of times they have potentially the same purpose, but when you use it, how you use it, I think it's just good dialogue. And hopefully some of our listeners maybe have some more clarity on that. But some of it is just understanding that I have this tool in my tool belt to use. And then understanding when do I use it and recognizing that and then just doing it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, there's also this idea that when I didn't do that, what did it feel like? Um, and I, and we, we we talk about this. Let's use an example of the, the folks that we work with here at QLI. When we start talking about discharge, that is either really exciting to people or really scary to people. But when we say, hey, discharge is something we start to plan for right out of the gate, Uh, and we're not super clear about when that's going to happen, but let's just say the first time we bring that up, we're a little bit late in the game, right? Hey, we need to start talking about discharge right now because it's going to happen in like four days. Like, wow, that is like really fast for some people.
0: Creates fear, creates anxiety wrapped up in that. And so the
1: first time that you live through that, you're going to, you say to yourself, wow, I am going to make sure that I work my way into a conversation with as many individuals that need to know about discharge. Uh, as early as possible so that that family can feel that, but then like work through that. And by the time we get to discharge, like they're pretty good, right? We've navigated some of the, their concerns and the barriers to that and 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 that sort of thing. So some of it I think comes from learning from consequences when you don't do it because it feels way better than you do uh, for you and for the, the end user, uh, so to speak.
2: For sure. I think something that's just coming to mind as you're talking through all this um as the person who's planting these seeds and as the person who's maybe facilitating some of that foreshadowing it's i think a skill that that person needs to have is empathy obviously empathy is not really a skill but you need to have empathy i think it's a skill for sure but Mm self-awareness so you talk a lot about this in in a sense it's kind of reflection like you're constant constantly reflecting on how something went whether you did foreshadow or whether you didn't foreshadow. And when you reflect on that and you have that self-awareness, you're growing that skill to be able to Mm -hmm. plant those seeds and constantly be kind of having that foresight. Yeah.
1: I think the other thing is the skill of having scripts, for lack of a better word, back to Kelsey. You know, I've created scripts that I use often and it's because over the years I've had some really bad scripts and I found some things that worked for me. And I think sometimes when you give people scripts, it's at least a starting point for them and they can decide, oh, did that script work for me or did it not work? When
0: you you say scripts, what do you mean?
1: In a situation where I'm going to help foreshadow or plant a seed for someone, having some sort of script that is very soft and that allows me to ease into that conversation to like open the door is a skill. And there are certain things that sound really soft. And there are certain things that sound really abrupt. And I've found ways to do that, that work for
0: me. So when you, when you say script, you're not referring to like what the doctor writes for you, you're, no. you're, you're talking about like a phrase that you would use. It's kind of like your entry point or the, the key in the, in a conversation. So yeah. So. I
1: mean, so, so I found things that have worked for me so that the receiver Feels like comfortable with that. And so then those are things that I've been working with Kelsey on as an example and say, Hey, here's what works for me. But, you know, that might just be something for you to think about. So I plant the seed on, Hey, ease into this conversation. Think about what works for you. Mm-hmm. Plant that seed. Maybe she starts to use it and, you know, lets her know, like, oh, that was actually helpful or not helpful.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, I'm coming back to this because, you know, when we initially started talking about this, I was, I was kind of like, well, What's, what is, what is the difference if, if any, between these. And I I really do think, you know, we said this earlier, like foreshadowing is kind of setting out what is, what is a vision? Where's the place that we're going? What's the potential event that could happen? And planting those seeds then is like getting a person to move Mm -hmm. toward that. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think to your point, like, I love how you said vision. And I think sometimes those events might not happen, but usually we know like, Hey, this is coming. Yep. Like you, you will be discharging, right? You will be graduating. You will be, you know, um moving, yep. right? We know that that's happening and saying, when do you think, when, when is it going to happen? And how do we start to prepare for that? Yep. So a lot of times we know, sometimes we don't. And there's where I think it becomes this blur between, am I planting a seed? Am I, you know, um forecasting something that is a little bit abstract? We have to be careful with that. But yeah. a lot of times we just kind of know. And through experience, we can be relatively sure, like, hey, I'm pretty sure you're going to deal with this, right? I'm just going to let you know. You don't quite know that you're going to deal with this yet, but because I've done this before, you might.
0: Yep. No, it's good. Guys, any final comments, final thoughts?
1: No, I I think I'm always mindful of what's the takeaway, right? And I think you differentiated uh, uh, between foreshadowing or psychological inoculation and planting seeds. Uh, I'm also, you know, uh, you know, what could I do today uh, to do this? I think first of all, it's being aware and uh, understanding opportunities for that, and then starting to build your own scripts for that, so that you take the easiest first step uh, towards having some of those conversations with someone that you're trying to prepare, uh, you know, them for something that's come that's coming up, yeah. and just practicing doing that and finding a soft way to enter in. Uh, differentiating between what worked and what didn't work uh, and then and practicing that so maybe in the show notes we can give some scripts that that we worked
0: on you can you can like we'll write out every single script that steve has used (laughs) top five something like that maybe all right well guys thanks for the conversation and listeners thanks for joining us
2: thanks for joining the conversation with us today if you found it helpful please share with your family and friends you can learn more about us on our website at com, or check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook.